Brunch with Aaron, Polly, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. So, you know, I've been off several days for the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. We're recording this on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, or what? what is it, Small Small Business Saturday? Yep. when we're recording this. Um, and, you know, one of the things I did, you know, be, to to observe the holiday is uh, looked for things to watch <laughs> uh, on the television because uh, there would be, you know, a copious amount of time uh, to watch things. And so I uh, I have been streaming Star Blazers 2199 Battleship, Space Battleship Yamato. And I gotta tell you, it is the uh, 2012 um, animated reboot of the original series, and it is almost a a you know scene for scene faithful re representation of the original series, but done in HD. Uh, there are some updates and whatnot to it, but it is gorgeous and it's wonderful. And I, I, I can't get over how good it is when the Star Blazers live action film. Uh, came out just a few years in advance of that and was terrible. And apparently the Star Blazers live action film did really well in Japan, which is why they did the HD reboot of the animated series. Anyway, I, I'm excited that there are multiple seasons of this and I am having a big, big time with it. It is it has been it has been on my TV almost nonstop since Tuesday. Interesting. Where's it streaming at, Aaron? Well, it's not streaming for free. I I bought the first season for ten bucks on Amazon. Okay, because I have a bunch of the little model kits of those ships, but I've yeah. never actually watched the show. Yeah, I, I I'm really getting a kick out of it. Uh, it's it is uh, the Japanese version dubbed into English, which you know would be you know, because it's animated, you wouldn't notice, except that there are a lot of uh, caption cards in the in the show that are written in Japanese, and so there'll be like an English translation over it. But uh, it, it is really good, and I'm just it is impressive how how well the animation is done. And one of the things that I find just amazing about it is it's probably rated PG. Um, but uh, you know, you you there are so many things that are child friendly about it, and then all of a sudden a woman walks out of the shower and you're like, hello. <laughs> uh, you know, she, she, her, her, you know, breasts are slightly covered by a towel, but the rest of it's very provocative. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Japanese do this. It just reminds <laughs> it's me. like, wow. Japanese... Okay. Rewind. Yeah. Well, you know, it just reminds you that the Japanese do this a little bit differently than we do. Oh, well, <laughs> welcome to anime. Aaron. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, wow. Yeah, and here's the thing. I'm not an anime fan by any stretch of the imagination. There are just a couple of uh, titles that I enjoy. But, man, Star Blazers, you know, from when I was a kid, just really, really scratches that itch. So highly recommend uh, Star Blazers Space Battleship Yamato, or as they pronounce it in the show, Yamato. I've always pronounced it Yamato, Yamato but they call it Yamato, like hammer toes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing. Like camel toes. Space <laughs> Battleship go. Camel Toe. <laughs> the Japanese do do things different. That is so true. my introduction to the different was uh, years ago. I'm at the gym, and uh, the treadmills at this at the gym I went to, you could plug in an iPod to. Yeah. And so I grabbed the first episode of an anime I'd never seen before, and I'm plugging plugging in, and I'm watching this anime while I'm on the treadmill. And next thing I know, there's a shower scene. And I'm like looking around to see is anyone looking over my shoulder and I'm trying to block the screen on the treadmill while walking and trying to make it not obvious that I'm blocking it because I have no idea how to stop the play on there because it's a treadmill. So, yeah, that was my introduction to uh, (laughs) to anime shower scenes. (laughs) So this is funny because this kind of leads into what I want to talk about. So. Uh, I started watching. Do, do any of you watch or have watched Peaky Blinders? No idea what that is. Never yeah, heard of that it. Sounds weird. Yeah, this is this is a made up thing. <laughs> no. So Peaky Blinders <laughs> is a crime drama on Netflix. I I believe it was a BBC show or is a BBC show. Um, it's a crime drama. Like I said, uh, it takes place in uh, England, and it follows basically the Irish mob in the uh, early 19th century, 
or late 19th century, I should say, like 1890s, because there's a car in it. Um, Killian Murphy is the lead actor in it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, they recommended it to me. At, yeah, one of the guys at the gym, oddly enough, recommended it to me, and I started checking it out, and it's really good. Like, if you like that kind of stuff, like Gangs of New York or basically any type of crime drama, you, it, it would probably be up your alley. Um, it, it's on, I think, season four or five, uh, but they're only, like, six-episode seasons. So, you know, like like Wayne said, you know, on the treadmill or something at the gym, I just look for something to watch. So I started watching that. That's my new my, my new treadmill show. Um, huh. But I can't watch. I can't watch while I'm treadmilling. I, I should I should correct. I can't watch while I'm treadmilling because I just want to die. Right. But if I'm ellipticaling, <laughs> ah, okay. I can watch. Okay. So, yeah, if I'm on the elliptical or something like that, I can watch something. I can I can watch when I'm on the uh, recumbent. Yeah, that uh, type but, of but thing. I, but I can't. I can't watch when I'm on the treadmill. I got to be up in my head when I'm on the treadmill because I hate the treadmill so much. Yeah, the treadmill is yeah. just the worst. Yeah. Um. So we're recording this on Saturday, November thirtieth, which is you know the day after Black Friday. And you guys, I made a poor decision. Oh dear. And it, it's related to these streaming services because I already <laughs> have. Let, let, let me clarify. I already have Disney Plus, Shutter. CBS All Access, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, DC Universe, and Netflix. I think oh, that's everything. It's a lot of streaming. It is, and well, and like I mean, you're getting the golden shower of streaming services. Well, for most of them, I prepaid for the year, and like wow. DC, like the like the uh, the Disney Plus, like is basically already prepaid for the first four years because I got a year free from Verizon, and I did the three year deal. Um, Apple TV is free because I have Verizon. Um, so I mean, it's not like in, in DC Universe. I'm going to cancel as soon as that shit en- as soon as that fucking year ends. Um, <laughs> uh, but I've got AT and T. I've got nothing free. <laughs> <laughs> well, because yesterday was Black Friday, they had a deal for Hulu, and I signed up for Hulu. But it was two, it's two dollars a month for the first year. So I'm like, that's three of us that signed up for Hulu this week. Uh, wow, it, really? And I'm like, you know, for. For twenty four bucks for one year, I figured it was at, I'd at least try it. I could at least watch Castle Rock or something. I I don't know. I mean, I just there's nothing specifically on Hulu I want to watch. Jen wants to watch that Handmaiden's Tale or whatever. Yeah, boy, that's a rough watch, Paul. Yeah, it's well, a good show. It is a rough watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna pass on it. But you know, I mean, I I do. That's where the Orville's gonna pop up. You know. Yeah, later in twenty twenty, all the Orville is already there. Yeah, yeah, Castle oh. Rock is something I'm interested in. So there's a couple things that I'm I'm curious about. I mean, but it's one of those things that I already have so much. Yeah, when are you going to find time to watch all that stuff? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't do to a treadmill that much. Yeah. <laughs> you got to quit your job. Yeah, that that's the solution. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, you said you've already got this stuff prepaid for, you know, a couple of years. So, you yeah. know, you don't have to worry about working for a while. Fair point. I could just live <laughs> off of Netflix and ramen. That's right. And, you know, do, do, do your Amazon fresh orders. You know, do that on Jen's card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be a kept man now. There you go. There you go. But uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll report in on if I the, when I ever get a chance to watch something on Netflix. Because right now I'm trying to find three and a half hours to watch that new Irishman. Irishman. Uh, yeah, movie. I, I have been wanting to watch The Irishman, uh, but have not had time to. That's a three and a half hour film that I just haven't had the time to invest yet. Yeah. And I feel like it's a one sitting kind of thing. I feel I, like yeah, it's I, a, I prefer not know, to turn it into a miniseries, right? Because yeah. that's just dangerous because what will happen is something will happen and I won't get to get, get back to it for weeks or something. Right, right. right. So, Paul, uh, you featured heavily in a dream I had the other night. As well, I should. And uh, the dream was this. Uh, you 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 said, hey, Aaron, they're they're uh, they've got a a press preview of a new ride at Six Flags. I can't get out there. You've got to go and preview the ride for the site. You know, some roller coaster thing. This has and, actually uh, happened. Just putting that out there. And uh, you know, I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, uh, that's really not my thing, Paul. And you said you got to do it. You got to do it. It's going to be lots of hit, hits. You got to do it. And I'm like, all right. So I go out to do it. And it's it is a ride where they require 
that you take everything out of your pockets before you get on the roller coaster. So you can't have your wallet, your keys, your uh, cell phone, any of that kind of stuff on you. So you got to put all this in a lockbox before you get on the ride. And you get on the ride and it's, you know, it's a terrible, terrible roller coaster thing that spins you all around and upside down. And, you know, it's not any way that a civilized human being should be treated. Um, But uh, the interesting thing about it is instead of bringing it back to where you started, it takes you off and drops you off in the middle of a field. And suddenly I am all alone in the middle of this field without my cell phone, my watch, my keys, anything and have to figure out how to get back to where my my uh, keys are so I can then drive home. And, you know, I mean, it's like it, it dropped me off like 30 miles away from anything in the middle of nowhere. And the whole time I'm like, fucking Paul. I mean, I woke up and that that is on, on in, in my mouth as I'm waking up. Fucking Paul. So, I think the moral of the story is don't take advice from Paul. But ever, it seems like you ever. already knew that. <laughs> it was like two parts roller coaster, one part escape room. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and, and one part kill Paul. Kill yeah. To be continued. <laughs> well, that's Where? not the dream I expected. So, uh-huh. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, yeah, the sexy dreams those happen. I just I just save those for our fee paying member site. So. <laughs> Star Star Wars with Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> so. Tim, did you buy Swamp Thing Giant number two at Walmart, or did you buy it at a comic shop? I bought it at a comic shop. Interesting. What kind yeah, of this, what kind this of animal one. buys it at Walmart, Paul? Well, that's <laughs> where those giant books usually go for sale, right? Like, oh, there was a couple. There was a couple giant sized at the at the comic book store this this week. I I I grabbed I grabbed Swamp Thing, but I I could have sworn there was a, a Superman one. Now, is the giant size? of standard comic book proportions or is it like a big treasury edition no it's like a it's kind of like a graphic novel it's, it's the same size as one of your image graphic novels it's a hundred page giant oh okay yeah that uh, sounds like one of the walmart books yeah and it was 4.99 so i was like well that's that's a marvel book shit so, <laughs> <laughs> right um yeah no i i i picked it up uh i've, I've spoken about my love of swamp thing he, I don't like horror, but Swamp Thing is kind of that middle ground between horror and 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 superheroes to me, and I've always loved the creepiness. Um, this one's broken down into two all new uh, all new stories. Um, the second part of a, a, a crossover with uh, Constantine that must have been in the first hundred page hundred page book, and a Zatanna story. So it's not quite all Swamp Thing, but uh, I gotta say it's kind of interesting because you're getting a different kind of Swamp Thing in the, the the three stories that are told that are Swamp Thing. Um, one of them is kind of your your friendly neighborhood Swamp Thing, which is a little weird to me, where uh, this Bayou family runs into him, but they seem to know him, and they invite him to dinner. And I don't know, I don't know why they thought that was a good idea because they're all eating corn on the cob, and Swamp Thing is looking, you know, just oddly weird. Just sitting there, he's got a plate of something, but he's not eating because he he doesn't eat food. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like inviting a vegan to a barbecue. It was really <laughs> awkward. Um. But then, so that one was a little weird, but it was, it was interesting. Um, it was kind of a, a friendlier story. And then the second story was about this cursed circus, which was so good. It was, it was a, a, a good tale. So, uh, yeah, I, everything, everything about it I liked, except for the, the Constantine story. And the only reason I didn't like the Constantine story was it was part two. So, like, I felt like I was missing a lot. Um, but yeah, the Zatanna story was good as well. So yeah, for four ninety nine, um, for a hundred page, um, giant sized edition, uh, it was well worth it. You know, it, it's funny. I, it, you actually reminded me of something that I did want to talk about this week. 
So four ninety nine for a hundred pages, right? Um, my, so I bought six books this week. I bought um, a basket full of heads. I bought uh, Action Comics, Conan twenty ninety nine, Punisher twenty ninety nine, Star Trek Picard, and Venom. And it was twenty seven dollars for six comics. And I gotta say, you know, there was a big hullabaloo on Twitter earlier this week. I think primarily started by Donnie Cates, um, but really just kind of picked up by a bunch of different comic uh, talent about comic piracy. You know, there were people who were like, oh, I can't afford, you know, comics, so I download them, you know, for free. And people were like, well, just go to the library if you can't afford them. Or if you can afford internet, you can afford comics, you know, things like that. If you can afford Starbucks, That's you can afford That's not a true comics. state. That is not a true statement. I know. And here's the thing. I, <laughs> I am I am very anti-comics piracy. So I do want to start the conversation by saying that. Agreed. I also want to say it should not cost me $27 to buy six comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, especially digital comic books, right? Because without the, the cost of, of, without the printing costs. I, you know, with... For for me to have twenty seven dollars, that means half of my books were at, were four ninety nine. It they are pricing themselves out of the market. And I'd like to point out that there were books that came out on Wednesday on New Comic Book Day that were available for purchase on buy one get one on Thursday. Oh really? I sat I there and I looked that. like going, "Are you fucking kidding me?" That is some bullshit. I did not that know is, that. I, I was looking at that. I think it was the DC books that the, their BOGO applied to things that came out the day before. And I was like, so I am I am punished for buying early. I mean, I just I really chapped my ass. Yeah, that's annoying. But, you know, because I, I know had, Marvel had the BOGO and I threw it in, but it didn't actually count for any of the new books that I got. Yeah, it was the DC one uh, because I, I, I was – I had been wanting a few weeks ago to buy all the Brave and the Bolds, you know, from like the 1970s that had uh, Sergeant Rock in them. And uh, I was waiting for a sale. And so when the BOGO happened, I did that. But as I was doing it, I saw that there were a couple of the new books that were available. But, you know, Paul, we've had this conversation many times. We uh, have. Over the life of our podcast. And, you know, I maintain that the floppy side of the business, you know, the the uh, weekly new issue comic books uh, are pricing themselves out of the business. Because if I'm a parent, I am not going to buy my kid a $5.22 page comic book. I'm just not going to do that. That is not enough entertainment value uh, for that $5. I yeah, think there are many other – minutes th- of Bobby's time. Right. Because, I mean, you know, my father used to complain about that when uh, he would spend 35 cents on a comic book for me. That, that you know, that he wasn't getting enough value from his 35 cents uh, for my time. Because I'd, I'd burn through it and go, okay, what else you got, you know? Um, yeah, and these books, like the five ninety nine, seven ninety nine books, aren't even out of the ordinary anymore. Yeah. And one of the things we've complained about for a while it is absolutely ridiculous when you do a number one issue that's seven ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Your number one should be the cheapest book that you release to get the most people on board to try the book to start with. Yeah. You should be finding ways to do two ninety nine, three ninety nine first issues. Well, you well know, I think. That, go ahead, Tim. I was going to say we've we've talked about this before. If it wasn't that we had this this podcast, this community to talk about these things every week, there's no reason you shouldn't buy these things. Issues one through six for nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, or, or you know, a comicsology sale, or yeah. any number of you know, what, get it at the library. I mean, there are so many. The, the reason why I am I continue to be a weekly new comic book purchaser is because I enjoy talking about it with you guys. Yeah. Um, there is no reason, in my opinion, to buy new comics. I think there are many less expensive ways and we see clearly you know if you are a frequent comiXology purchaser it does not take long for this stuff to go on sale no in fact you know i I mentioned this to aaron earlier this week um they released an avengers trade paperback this week that was all the war the realms um war the realms uh tie-in books (laughs) um you know like six seven comics and it was only 5.99 yeah you know those are 4.99 issues normally 
And there's only five ninety nine for for you know a trade paperback of six, seven, eight books. So with the sales, they have the complete editions of uh, it, Justice League and Justice for All, where you can get the entire season on sale for like five bucks. Yep. So if you you know, I remember I was buying some of those originally, and then I stopped and started waiting for the trades on them. Yeah. Because I mean that is five bucks for a ton of books. Versus paying three ninety nine, four ninety nine every week for them, and I do want to say this isn't from the perspective of old guys remembering the good old days, right? <laughs> this isn't that perspective. This is the perspective of adults with paychecks who are able to afford our own comics and mm-hmm. see a hobby that's pricing itself out of the next generation of coll- uh, of readers, right? Yeah. Because um, there's no way, there is no way for a kid to get anything more, like you know. Our parents may have given us like five, ten bucks or, you know, in Aaron's case, like 35 cents. But, you know, <laughs> I think the the days of, of kids spending their allowance on comics, do you want to spend your allowance on four comics? Maybe three because they're four ninety nine each and you need to afford tax? Or are you yeah, going to spend your money on something a little bit more substantial? You know, I have no idea what kids get in allowance these days. Me I mean, when 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 I was a kid, I, you know, I think I topped out at twenty five dollars a week. You know, I think that's uh, honestly still average. I think most parents yeah. still give their kids like twenty twenty something bucks a week kind of thing. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I honestly, I don't. I, if I was a parent, I would not. I would not buy weekly comic books for my kid. It is, the, the value is not there. I, I would get them. I would do it. Almost any other way, but I would not do it as a weekly new comic book purchaser. And again, I am not supporting piracy. Don't pirate your book. I mean, go to – wait till they're on sale. Go to the library. There are plenty of free services or Marvel Comics Unlimited or whatever that you can get your comics at a more affordable rate. But still. And and the sad thing is I remember the creators coming out a while back and saying – don't wait for the trade because it may not get a trade if you don't buy the books and it'll be canceled if you don't buy the individual issues, but don't price it out of people's reach. Then the thing that I, that I find particularly objectionable about the way DC and Marvel uh, approach this and even to some extent image, um, is that these DC and Marvel in particular are utilized as an idea factory for other media, television, film, games, etc. Um, where they're going to make real money. And so your new comic book day purchase is subsidizing this idea factory. And really what they ought to be doing is they should be paying some of that, some of the other media funds over to the new comic book side so that they can afford the talent, you know, your, your big superstars like Bendis, you know, et cetera, so that they can afford that talent, but also make the, the uh, price point a little bit more endurable. You know, because that that the the price point for new comics today is just obscene. And every every now and again, I look at I look at what I'm spending, and I'm like, I gotta figure. I you know, I gotta I gotta do something else here. Yeah, you know, I think and the again, same thing. It, like you know, yeah. it, it makes me want to. It makes me question. And again, we're all adults. We all make regular paychecks. It makes me question. Like I'm not gonna like I, I yes I spent thirty bucks this week, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Well, maybe should I like it, it puts us, especially even as a, a comic book podcast, it puts us in the mind or puts me in the mindset of maybe I should only buy the books that I know we're going to talk about. Yeah, I think the same thing. And, you know, so and there are, you know, the books that we don't talk about, you know, like I, I read a bunch of stuff that, that we don't talk about. And I know you guys do as well. I buy those in trade. Yeah. And I generally wait for them to go on sale. You know, I there, there's a ton of stuff that that I'm just like, I'm going to wait for that, you know. Well, uh, a lot of the books I pick up are some of the smaller companies that yeah. are pricing them at a dollar ninety nine, right. ninety nine cents, yeah. and you know they're better prices. I'm more willing to buy individual issues. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm willing to take a chance on something that is more reasonably priced. But you know, to your earlier point, Wayne, you know, when you were saying that in, in a first issue, they need to price it as low as they can. And I agree with the with the concept behind that, but I think Marvel and DC's argument to that would be that they sell the most issues of a number one, and there is a continual slide from issue two and on, and so they're going to make their money on that first issue. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I know that's hard. why they do it, and that's why they have so many first issues. Right. That's why they keep rebooting the books, and it's a gimmick that just is not sustainable in the long term. 
Yeah, and and then the comic shops even say that, like you know, the the every new number one sells less than the previous number one, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's I, I'm I'm concerned, and I think comic companies are as well. We've heard as much from Dan DiDio and Jim Lee, uh, not as much from Marvel, but I I'm, I'm I'm concerned that comics are pricing themselves out of not just you know new readers. But also, quite frankly, established readers like yeah. myself. Who I, I mean, I'm I'm well, going to I mean, take less of a chance on new stuff if if because everything's going to be five dollars by this time next year. Period. Like, well, it, and it it, it 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 may it creates situations like for me at the end of uh, Marvel Superhero Secret Wars uh, by Jonathan Hickman, where I was looking for an opportunity to get out of Marvel which I did successfully. And I've only recently started picking up Marvel books again, and I am picking up a tiny fraction of what I used to buy. I used to buy a a huge chunk of their line, and now I just pick up a couple of titles. Um, Whereas I am more heavily invested in DC, and I think DC, by and large, has a more more fair price point, you know? Uh, I still think it's it's yeah. too much, but you but know, they are the less point, likely to price gouge, right? There's there are right. less five ninety nine, six ninety nine, seven ninety nine issues exactly. of a book. Exactly. I know. We seem to go back and forth with Marvel and DC on which one we're buying at any given moment. There's not much DC I'm picking up right now because I'm picking up a lot of DC right now. They destroyed Superman for me, and that was one of the few books I was reading from DC. So well, and speaking of destroying Superman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Action Comics number 1017 came out this week, and just like uh, some of the books we talked about last week, you never would have known it by looking at the cover. Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, held up the cover of this book to my wife and said, tell me what the title of this comic book is. And she goes, oh, it's uh, Year of the Villain. I said, nope, try again. She goes, oh, it's Lex Luthor. Nope, try again. She goes, I have no idea. And I'm like, tiny little print over here under the DC logo. In fact, it is the smallest type on the page. Yeah. Action Comics. It's the same size as rated T for Teens, DCComics.com. Yeah. Right? It is the dumbest trade dress I have ever seen. Yeah. I don't I disagree. Do, I, 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 I am wildly amazed that anybody let this go out to press. I, I just – it continues to be stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah. I I don't get it. I don't get it. But that said, wow, I hated this book, Paul. <laughs> you know what the sad thing is? The book had potential. Um, so it's it's drawn by John Romita Jr. And I know we all have certain feelings on John Romita Jr. I didn't mind most of his art in this book, but I could I couldn't stand how he drew Superman, but the uh, Batman and in, in the uh, War Armor. Yeah, I thought was that was good. good. Yeah, but yeah. the Superman. I don't know his Superman. It's like he's still drawing the new Fifty Two Superman. Right, because he's like lanky and and, and and yeah, and literally, I kept going, "Is this new Fifty Two Superman?" <laughs> yeah, because there, I, there I were definitely some panels. Sleep. You know, there's no S curl. Yeah. He's like I said, kind of lanky, yeah. kind of hair disheveled. Like the costume doesn't look exactly like I ex- like the new Superman costume. Um, so the reason I want to talk about this book is is primarily because it had potential, but. And I I don't put this on Ramita. I put this on on Bendis. Um, Bendis. Bendis yeah. fucked it up, and he fucked it up by doing the exact same thing he did in Event Leviathan. Uh huh. In that he sets up this battle between basically the Justice League and the Legion of Doom in Metropolis, and I'm like, yes, he does you know, it it's, twice it's, in this book, Paul. Huh? He does it twice. Yeah. The which you're about to describe, he does twice. And yeah. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like he, you know, he sets up this battle. I'm like, this looks great. Like, ah. Yes, like John Romita Jr. doing big bombastic, basically superpower, not superpowers. What was the um, the the old TV show with the Le- Legion of Doom? Um, super Friends. Super Friends, like that, you yeah, know. But challenge like modern, of the Super Friends. Yeah, like yeah. modern Super Friends battle. I'm like, give it to me, give it to me. And then he fucking cuts to like Clark Kent talking to the new editor of the the no, new or the new owner yeah. or publisher of the Daily yeah. Planet. And then it cuts back and it's like, oh, okay, well the battle's over now. Like, you know, and, well, and it, like you said, he does it twice. Like, we don't see any of the actual reason I bought the book. Yeah. Well, I mean, so he, he has that big scene that Paul just described. Cuts to two pages of Clark Kent interviewing the new publisher of the Daily Planet. And then Superman jumps out 
to go take care of something and winds up, you know, transported to Gorilla City and builds up to this big battle in Gorilla City. And then it cuts back to the planet. And this I was so confused by by that jump. And it's the you find out later on that it's the same thing that Bendis does. He's just going to tell you about how it ended. Whereas, yeah. I mean, we, we leave with, we leave that scene with this, you know, a dozen gorillas jumping Superman. I'm like, yes, I want to see this. No, they don't show yeah, it to you. And, and you have to hear him talk about it with Lois. I mean, the most exciting potential pages of this book, they never show you. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I blacked out for a second. Did you just say that John Romita Jr. was doing the art for this? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it is mostly terrible. And, you know, it, it's, the problem is the book like I said the book there's about five pages of this book that I love yeah and then the rest of it is just like pointless like just yeah. garbage and I, well, I don't get me I know that action comics and I'll tell you I actually skipped the last couple of issues of action comics when when they did the Naomi storyline um, because actually weren't bad oh really yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I skipped a couple of issues and I'm like okay I'm gonna hop back in because Legion of Doom like the preview pages, if you look at the preview pages they have on Comixology, it shows Batman in a war armor picking yeah. up Superman off of the ground, facing off against the Legion of Doom. They're about to fight, and then you don't realize after, until you buy the book that the next page is, you know, a conversation. Yeah. With Clark Kent. Like, like I know, Which here's the thing, I know his strength is in action, but damn it. <laughs> yeah, well, and that, that interview between Clark and the publisher accomplishes literally nothing. Yeah. It, 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 all it does is reiterate things that that we knew from previous issues. So it doesn't move the story forward. Um, and so you you had two pages completely dedicated to her. And I'm like, you know, all we needed was one more page in that Gorilla City story. Yeah. You know, all we needed was really two more pages of the of the the battle with the Legion. And all of that's wasted on a bunch of other shit. I mean, we cut to the damn, um, you know, uh, fire chief story that has been lying fallow for several issues. So I guess that was just to remind us that she's still out there as a supporting character. Yeah, because I totally forgot she existed. Oh yeah, I, she's been she has been off the page. I mean, I I absolutely hated this book, and so the the last page, which should be the uh the 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 you know a, a great big bombastic page if you look at it paul there is so much negative space center yeah that's not occupied on that page like there should be something interesting there and there's literally nothing there yeah and i mean i i was just like wow you know you've got batman so hidden in the back that you really can't see him going up against grod you've got uh you know a just a, a really sort of thumbnail sketch of wonder woman there in the center and the way superman is drawn is just terrible yeah it's I, I, just so, it's such a poorly hand it could have it had potential had a lot of yeah. potential and it's just yeah. so poorly handled um i'm bummed about it you know like i'm yeah. actually bummed yeah yeah it was i it was a wasted issue of a book yeah this sounds like everything I've ever hated in fucking comic books. All in a one <laughs> into one crappy you said you said negative space. That sounds like what this issue was. was a yeah. issue of negative space. Yeah. I, I can't speak for Wayne, but I thoroughly enjoyed the pain that you guys had for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm bummed. Uh, it sucked. And uh you know, I will definitely hesitate before I pick up the next issue. Because well, if, especially if it's a, my my concern is the next issue won't even be related to this, right? Like this was just a one-off that will, well, it says next Metropolis burns. We'll see. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I shouldn't see be. A, you'll, you'll see a match, and then they'll cut to a scene talking to Jimmy Olsen for no effing reason. Yeah, just, you'll hear. Don't buy this about, damn book. Just stop. you'll hear all about Metropolis burning. You just won't see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone's going to tell you about. Yeah, that was quite the quite the burn of Metropolis, wasn't it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Man, well, that Metropolis burned. Hell of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> roughest three weeks of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like we're going to talk about a book that I do like eventually. But this was a <laughs> shitty week of comics because I hated both of the next two books we're about to talk about. So uh, Conan, the Barbarian, twenty ninety nine. Yeah, 
You know, I, here's the sad thing about this book. I think that there was a good story here. Potential. Um, this week was there wasted was a potential. Kernel, <laughs> yeah, there was there was a uh, a kernel of a good story that I was kind of excited about um, once it kind of revealed what the story was. But boy, this was rough getting through. In fact, you know, I I had to to uh, text you guys. You know, I guess last night. What are we talking about tomorrow? Because I all of my books were a slog this week. Yeah. I mean, I really struggled to get through these books, contrary to last week, where I breezed through my books yeah. because they were all so good. See, uh, I, I didn't have any problem getting through Conan because I read Punisher first, and it was worse. <laughs> that's yeah, fair. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I read Conan first, and I was like, wow, that's that's not great. Um, and then, you know, I got to Punisher, which was many more times earth-shatteringly worse. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the thing... The concept of, of Conan the Barbarian is that, you know, for, for whatever reason, he survived into the future where uh, Doom has uh, uh, chased Morgan Le Fay and Morgan Le Fay seeks out Conan the Barbarian for protection. Uh, of course, you know, he has no, no patience for witches. So as he is killing her, she curses him. And part of that curse is that she's going to live with him for the rest of his days until the earth burns under his feet. And so she becomes this voice in his head. Now, I thought that was great. But how many pages did it take for us to get there? And then the cool thing is that Conan finds a Nova helmet. And so, you know, he's walking around with this Nova helmet, but it's all just plodding, plodding, plodding to get to these cool moments that I just found this book to be awfully mediocre. That yeah. was a great idea. And this just, could have been subtitled Conan Walks. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, and literally that last panel, right? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I just it was so much wasted potential for a book that really could have been groovy. I mean, well, I just I think this book could have been so cool. And I think that's why I was able to get through this one better than Punisher, besides Punisher being so much worse. There are some interesting concepts in this. Absolutely. It was the book itself wasn't good, but the ideas behind it at least were good and got me thinking. Yep. There was nothing redeemable in Punisher. Yeah, let's Punisher talk about it. Punisher was confusing that. as fuck. And let's talk about that Turkish <laughs> book. I mean, you know, like, so, first of all, like, the book starts with this cop hacking into the memory banks of um, what they call Vision. Uh, oh. You know, the memory banks of all, you know, police officers have, like, a built-in, you know, uh, video recorder to, to record unbiased views of everything that happens in their day basically and so this guy hacks into it and like no one really gives a shit yeah like they're like it's so weird to me like he's with his buddy his by the book buddy and he's like hey you're hacking into the archives illegally like what's up and like like th that's that's page two yeah. like that they're, that it already stopped <laughs> making sense <laughs> yeah so so his buddy was clippy <laughs> yes. Yes. Would you like to hack into more? Twenty ninety nine brought to you by Microsoft. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and one of the things I really disliked about the the concept for Public Eye here, the original Public Eye concept was you pay for protection. Mm -hmm. It was the you know basically privatized police force. In this case, it's a you have a reputation score. Yeah. Like you, you're protected based on your social media score, essentially. Which is stupid. I can easily, yeah, I can easily buy the you're protected based on how much you pay per month. Uh -huh. I can't buy the social the the reputation score thing. I, yeah, is that because I, I no one likes you? On, no, no one likes your post on social media, Wayne. <laughs> I, you <laughs> know, because I didn't there's have a no problem. monetary value in it for them. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with that. My big issue with this was the uh, repositioning of Jake Galloway. I yeah. really had a problem with that. I was a big fan of the Jake Gallows Punisher. Uh, same here. Uh, Gallows, sorry. And yeah. here he's just the background bad guy. Yeah. For no good reason. I I, I mean, I will grant there were there were parts of this book that I skimmed over because I found it to be awfully chatty. And maybe that was explained in, in the book and I just didn't catch no. it. But I, I... Nothing is explained in this book, Aaron. It's okay. I, I hated this book. It's I, pretty terrible. It really is. And, you know, for them, 
I understand the desire to refresh the characters and you know bring a, a, a bring these books up to date for a 21st century audience, but I don't understand why you would cast away a, a character that was fairly successful in the 2099 uh, titles. You know, the, the Punisher character, if, as I recall, was a pretty successful run of that book. Uh, it was I, one of the few books that made it to the end. And there was nothing about the guy uh, who winds up being the center of the story that I liked. I didn't like his design. Um, I did not like, uh, you know, his motivation. I just there wasn't anything about him that I liked. I mean, the whole time, like, get a haircut. <laughs> you know, he, uh, I just I, I hated this book. It was awful, 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 awful. I agree. It's it's it was a yeah. a, a piece of uh, of junk. Um, yeah, and you know, so we're we're kind of two and two on uh-huh. these twenty ninety nine books so far. Uh, not including the Amazing Spider Man because I'm not reading those. But yeah, the 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 twenty ninety nine Alpha was good, and the Fantastic Four twenty ninety nine was good. Conan and Punisher were garbage, and I'm beginning to wonder if Fantastic Four was a fluke. <laughs> well, I got my fingers crossed for for Doom. Doom 2099, I think, is out next week. Uh, yeah, and I, I guess Ghost Rider is, too. Yeah, well, you can keep your Ghost Rider. Uh, I don't need to see him driving around Mega City, but uh, I, I am all yeah, about... Yeah, I didn't like the original Ghost Rider 2099, but... I did, because Doom, however, Doom did is you, the... Did you read anything this week that didn't make you want to punch yourself in the face? I did. I'm, looking, I'm well, not Aaron. I, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Well, I, let me tell you. I, I I bought some uh, stuff that was on sale that was fantastic, uh, but uh, no, I no, none of the new comics this week that I read were worth a damn. Uh, I'm saving some stuff to read because I knew we weren't going to talk about it on the show. But uh, the stuff that we that, that I read for the show was terrible, terrible. I read one book that I liked this week, and I won't. And I will say it's not just by comparison. It's not you know just because everything else was shit <laughs> because it's the first book I read, so it started things out on a good. Good note, and then everything else was note. garbage. Yeah, um, Venom number twenty. I don't read this book normally. It's been I, I read. I think I read the first story arc. Tim and I were both like on it for a free, few issues, and then all of a yeah. sudden it's issue twenty. I'm like, holy shit! Like I, I don't think I've read it in fifteen issues. Um, but this was the absolute carnage epilogue, and I gotta say, I enjoyed the hell out of this issue. Yeah, um, Paul, I only bought this because you had asked about it because I wasn't reading Venom, but I did read the. You know, the absolute carnage stuff and really enjoyed that. I, I picked it up because of your Instagram post, Paul. Yeah. The IOM Instagram. So I thought it was great. And, you know, I, I discovered something that I never knew, which is that the master who wears that giant, like, cone mask thing. Maybe I, maybe I was supposed to know this and I forgot. It's because his head is misshapen. Oh. Like, that's the, 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 like that giant helmet is actually the shape of his head. I don't think I knew that. Maybe I wish I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, he is, he lived for thousands of years, and his brain kind of grew, and like he had experimented on himself during those thousands of years. Yeah, I guess I'm supposed to have known that yeah, because I read all that Reed, shit. Because but, he's Reed, he can bend to it. Well, for me, I thought the ending of this book was. I mean, I honestly, I loved everything about this book. I loved the moments between Eddie and his son. I loved the fact that the master is answering to the Council of Reeds. Um, spoiler warning. Like, you know, that, that the, basically the, the intent of the master all this time is to find a way to reboot or, or you know, bring back to life the ultimate universe. And, you know, that's kind of how the book concludes with, you know, that, that that's his plan right now is to to bring back the ultimate universe, to bring back his universe. And I thought that was cool. Like this sets up yeah, and considering it's Venom, it sure sets up a, a, a lot for a larger for the larger Marvel universe. Yeah, because the maker brings over the original Venom symbiote from yeah. the ultimate universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the ultimate stuff was lost on me. And that that's okay. Ah, well, I mean, not, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Look, at, I didn't look love at, it. at that dumb guy with that with that dumb squid head. Like, <laughs> oh god, I'm over it. But I did like the fact that they they explained all this venom, carnage, insanity. I I love I love the explanation. The whole why are there so many symbiotes? Oh well, let me tell you why. 
Yeah, I thought that was interesting that you know they talked about how essentially the symbiote, and I'm sure this this is a retro. Um, yeah. What what do you call it when uh, like a retro continuity thing? Um, yeah. So basically, they established that at times, right before times of great change, um, the symbiote can kind of sense it coming and decides to spawn um, or, you know, have, have, have an offspring. So it's like, you know, right before infinity crisis, not um, infinity gauntlet, you know, it could sense that coming. So it created carnage and, you know, things like that. And I thought, you know what, like that, that, that's a pretty interesting take on it. I liked that actually. The whole book for me though, all boiled down to one scene and, uh, where it really hits you in the heartstrings when Dylan is talking to Eddie Brock and he asks him, you know, why didn't you want me? Why'd you leave me with your father? He hurt me. Yeah. It's like, wow. Cause we know that Eddie didn't even know he had a son that the venom symbiote was hiding that from him. But from the kid's point of view, wow, that was, that hit all the heartstrings where you just, that was a vicious conversation. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really well done book, and um, you know, I haven't been reading Venom other than the the Absolute Carnage stuff, but you know, it, it certainly this certainly intrigues me enough to to maybe pick up another issue and see what the status quo is after uh, after Absolute Carnage. So, Tim, I know you the ultimate stuff was lost on you, but what else did you th- did you like the book in general? Yeah, no, it was it was a it was a quality book. Uh, everything you guys said about uh, uh, both the Eddie Brock scene and and the like I said the the discussion as to the dissection of the the crossover was was good. Mm-hmm. I, I I you know for a, for a wind down issue, I, this is kind of a I don't want to say a must read, but it, it adds to what we just read. Exactly. It's and, definitely a good like wrap up to that story. And uh, I will say there is no going to be no Venom Twenty One. Looking at the looking at the back uh, of uh, Viva Venom Island or something, I'm like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll look at the preview pages because I think that's a co- that cover looks like it's by Mark Bagley. Oh, and Paul likes him some Mark Bagley. I do. Well, I used to. <laughs> or Bart Magley. Bart Magley. <laughs> Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, next week we've got a couple of Marvel tie-ins to the major books we've been talking about. Um, Annihilation Scourge. Scourge? Scourge? Scourge. Um, has two <laughs> tie-in books coming out next week. There was none this week, was there? I, you know, there was a Fantastic Four book called Negative Zone that came out this week. I believe it's a tie-in. No, the, the one it. next week is the tie-in. Okay. Um, cause well, I bought week... something this week called Fantastic Four no. Negative Zone. Yeah. I have, and it's got Annihilus on the cover. I have no idea what it is. Huh. Well, next week, uh, Annihilation, Scourge, Fantastic Four number one, and Nova number one. Um, I say number one, but they're one shots. Both come out. Right. Um, there's also a couple of 2099 tie ins. We get Venom 2099, which we just talked about, and um, Ghost Rider 2099 comes out as well. So Doom doesn't come out next week. Doom does not come out next week. Damn it. Not that Sad. I saw. <laughs> um, from DC Comics, we get uh, the final issues of Batman Universe and Superman Up in the Sky. That's sad. I've enjoyed those. I have too. Um, they, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're ending the stories. I'm looking forward to seeing how they conclude. Hopefully they stick the landing, which, you know, it, it's always a concern. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and interesting, from uh, Dynamite, there is a new James Bond book, a new ongoing series. Uh, James Bond features a co- cover by Jim Chung. Um, I might check out the preview pages. You know, those uh, those uh, James Bond books have gotten some really good reviews. You know, I yeah. jumped out of the first run of them because I didn't care for the way uh, Bond was being drawn. But uh, I, I feel like I need to, to you know, pull one of those graphic novels and you know, have a read. Yeah. I'm going to check out the first issue um, you know, of the, this new reboot and see how, see how it connects with me. Excellent. Well, anything else, Paul? Nope, that should do it. 
All right. Well, I, I you know I'm going off to go see Knives Out today. Oh, me too. I'm pretty, exci- I'm pretty excited about that. I but, have no uh, idea what that is. Oh, Knives Out is the uh, new murder whodunit uh, mystery film with everyone in Hollywood, uh, written and directed by Ryan Johnson. So I am super excited about this film. It looks marvelous. Um, but you know, we'd love to know what you thought of this week's crappy, crappy comic books. Give us a call. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll want a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise. Which yeah. might be one of these books. Uh, well, <laughs> if I could send you my digital copy, you get it. <laughs> um, you can also hit us up on social media on Twitter at Ideology Madness, our Facebook, uh, IOM Geek, and Instagram, IOM Geek. All right, guys, we will see you next time right here on IOMGeek.com. Bye, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Podcast.